You're listening to Season 1, Episode 10 of Lab Rat Ramblings. Howdy, everyone, and welcome. I am your host, R. DeWire. In today's insect-themed episode, I will be joined by amateur entomologist and YouTuber Bart Coppins, and we will ramble about whether or not insects feel pain. So stick around, grab your favorite vice, and relax to the sound of Lab Rat Ramblings. Are y'all as excited as I am about today's episode? I've been giving Bart Coppins tiny shoutouts on the show since our first episode, and we finally got him to be a guest. Some small background on how Bart and I found each other. We're both members of the Facebook meme group Into Memeology, sister group to Wild Green Memes for Ecological Fiends, where I post my weekly Terry the Fat Shark memes. I really enjoyed seeing Bart's posts about the moths he raises, so I went and checked out his YouTube channel, where I was both amused and enamored by how he presents his work. I worked up the courage to reach out to him about the show and was thrilled when he accepted. We tried to release this episode last week, but my family and I were ill. Now that I've recovered and have my beautiful voice back, Let's get into today's controversial topic of discussion. Do insects feel pain? Before we begin, I'd like to read an abstract from a study led by M. Gibbons from the School of Biological and Behavioral Sciences at Queen Mary University of London entitled, Descending Control of Nociception in Insects? Modulation of Nociception allows animals to optimize chances of survival by adapting their behavior to different contexts. In mammals, this is executed by neurons from the brain and is referred to as the descending control of nociception. Whether insects have such control or their neural circuits allowing it has rarely been explored. Based on behavioral, neuroscientific, and molecular evidence, we argue that insects probably have descending controls for nociception. Behavioral work shows that insects can modulate nociffensive behavior. Such modulation is at least in part controlled by the central nervous system, since the information mediating such prioritization is processed by the brain. Central nervous system control of nociception is further supported by neuroanatomical and neurobiological evidence showing that the insect brain can facilitate or suppress nociffensive behavior, and by molecular studies revealing pathways involved in the inhibition of nociffensive behavior, both peripherally and centrally. Insects lacked the indigenous opioid peptide and their receptors that contribute to mammalian descending nociception controls. So we discuss likely alternative molecular mechanisms for the insect descending nociception controls, 
we discuss what the existence of descending control of nociception in insects may reveal about pain perception, and finally consider the ethical implication of these novel findings. After hearing that abstract, are you convinced that insects have the ability to feel pain? In our next segment, I will be joined by Bart Coppins, where we will explore this concept. Stick around. Alrighty, everybody, I have a very, very special guest with me today. I have Bart Coppins, niche internet celebrity and YouTuber with 28.5 thousand subscribers. Tell us a bit about yourself, Bart. Well, thank you for inviting me today, uh, Rosalind. I can give uh, my I can give a brief introduction, although it's difficult because what I do is hard to define in one sentence. It's a collection of things, but essentially uh, all of them revolve around moths and butterflies. I'm really obsessed about moths and butterflies. Um, the things that I do with them uh, are including, but not limited to, breeding them in captivity, documenting their life histories, um, both in video form for social media and YouTube, but also sometimes in scientific journals, if the life cycle is new to science. There's a lot you can discover by raising them uh, in captivity. So I also have websites about butterflies and moths. Um, I'm sponsored by a natural reserve in Brazil, where I'm expected to be uh, for half a year at a time now. So that's going to take a lot of time. We're going to breed an insect rearing laboratory slash enclosure where I can document the life cycles of native butterflies and moths. And I think the most important thing to summarize it is the fact that I am actually not an entomologist with a degree. I'm kind of self-made through a combination of social media and trying to monetize the things that I do in several ways. So that's going to be interesting. And I was invited here today to talk about the complex issue if insects are capable of feeling pain. Very yes. interesting question. And so um, there was a recent study that was uh, led by M. Gibbons from the School of Biology and Behavioral Sciences at Queen Mary University of London. And they have found that insects respond to harmful stimuli, but have been interpreting that response as a pain response. So let's go ahead and jump well, into our topic. <laughs> I, I think I know about this study, and um, I think well, when when we're when we can discuss the study, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Although yes, it's going to be a little bit a jump far ahead in the topic, right? But I'll give my thoughts on it. I've seen the study too, and the study suggests that insects are capable of a descending order of nociception, right? Yes. What, what is nociception? Nociception is the avoidance of a harmful stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, what you the organism is when they are confronted with a harmful stimulus, there is usually a level of modulation. This is done by the brain or by the nerves because um, every organism has to evaluate in a dangerous situation what's more important focusing on escaping or immediately responding to the harmful stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, this is something that you see in vertebrates as well. 
you know, where humans have pain modulation on many levels. Um, but what I found a little bit, um, the part where it jumped the shark is the fact where the media published that this is evidence for feeling pain. So this, see, here's the thing. Pain is an experience, right? Yes. Pain originates in the brain. So the fact that in, that these invertebrates have um, modulation of, well, um, capable of uh, descending order of nociception, to put it in a complicated way, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they are feeling pain, nor is it evidence of pain. Because pain, it, it comes from the brain, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's better if we go all the way to the start and explain what pain is anyway, right? So yes. this is the, the part where this debate always fails is because a lot of it depends on semantics. And people have a very wrong conception of what pain actually is mm-hmm. and what it means and how it works. So the incorrect assumption about pain is that pain is generated by the nerves, right? When you have tissue damage, mm-hmm. the, ner- the nerves generate pain. This is totally uh, incorrect, actually. Mm-hmm. Pain is generated very much by the same parts of your brain that are capable um, of generating emotions. And the official, so let's first read the the official scientific definition of pain. So the the International Association for the Study of Pain, Mm -hmm. it defines pain as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage. Now that sounds a bit convoluted, but this is very important to understand because you need to quantify the, the definition of pain before we can before you can have a discussion about it. And the important part here is an implanted sensory and emotional experience. Notice the emotional part. Yes. It, yes, that part is in the very definition of what we define as pain, emotional. If there is no emotional component, by definition, we are not talking about pain. Exactly. I mean, thinking about, you know, being able to have a response to harmful stimuli, like that is a survival mechanism and that doesn't necessarily say that hey i am experiencing pain it's just like it's it's just like single cell organisms being able to you know even bacteria they you know they're able to sense light but does that mean they have eyesight it's sort of like the same thing even bacteria they they swim away from like toxins and uh, Mm -hmm. plants move away from harsh sunlight they readjust their leaves so so there are a lot of organisms, almost every organism, I think, is capable of sensing harmful stimuli, right? Exactly. It's part of survival. I mean, if you can't move out of harm's way, then how are you going to exist long enough to proliferate? So if you look at the way it happens, right? So um, most organisms, I don't know if there's any ex- exceptions, probably there are, but most organisms, <laughs> I- I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm just mm-hmm. a guy who is too obsessed with insects. I'm not a scientist. But I know it starts with a receptor. This is a, usually this is called a nociceptor when we're talking mm-hmm. about a receptor that detects tissue damage or a harmful stimulus like heat or cold, right? Mm-hmm. So then this harmful stimulus is relayed by the nerves, yeah? Mm-hmm. Then it arrives at the spinal cord. 
through the spinal cord, it travels to your brain. And at this point, it isn't pain yet. When it arrives at your brain, it arrives like at a sorting station that decides what to do with the stimulus. And this is where it can turn into pain. Yeah, so that's basically, that's very important to understand the emotional component because insects, at least the current evidence suggests that insects don't have emotional states nor do they have a cortex which is basically the part of our brain that is responsible for creating emotions right yes so by the current scientific definition you would also need to have evidence that the insects are uh, experiencing pain on an emotional level and that they are capable of having emotions in the first place right yeah and that is lacking Well, yeah, from uh, at least from what we can see right now in their behavior, mm-hmm. we can see that uh, they probably do not experience emotion. I'm saying probably not because I doubt it, but I guess you have to. You can never be 100% sure how an organism experiences the world and how it has consciousness. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like you don't. We don't want to leave too much openness to interpretation because some people will take that to to say, well, you you can never be sure, so there's always a chance that you're wrong. But mm-hmm. purely looking at the evidence, um, I don't think that insects feel pain the way we do. Right? Yes, yes, and I think that it is just as we we have been talking about that it is very important to really separate okay response to hormonal stimuli from you know a neurological phenomena uh yeah well yeah pretty much yes um it's a little bit of a controversial subject somehow because it's i think there's a lot of people that you know there's almost some level of wishful thinking of people that really want insects to experience pain mm-hmm. and i think this is because our when our attitude when it comes to animals um well there's been a time in history where insects were or sorry animals in general were basically objects right or basically yes. tool, tools to use for farming if you go back in time a few decades animals didn't have any rights Mm-hmm. It was okay. To, it was okay to hurt or exploit them in any way you want, and that's because we saw them as uh, lesser than humans. Mm-hmm. Right? And this attitude has changed because we found out a lot of animals are capable of feeling the same things that humans can feel, mm-hmm. including emotion, including pain sometimes. So to say that any kind of animal is probably not able to feel pain or, or emotions, I think a lot of people they almost take it as an insult, right? Because Maybe it's like it justifies cruelty towards something just because it doesn't feel pain. It's a little bit arrogant to think, well, everything uh, must experience the, the world the way that I do, because and it's, mm-hmm. that's that's a very self-centered worldview. Now, who knows what insects experience? Who knows what mental states they can have if they even have such a thing? Mm-hmm. And maybe they're they're fine not having mental states. Maybe we can experience. Maybe we can respect that as well. You know, without having yes. to relate it back to ourselves. Cruelty is a difficult term to use here, assuming mm-hmm. you don't feel pain. But like, if you're walking in the forest and you just stomp on every mushroom that you see, it, you're still going to be 
an asshole, right? Even yeah. Even, <laughs> even possible and... to, to appreciate the, uh, you know, the the un- the autonomy that organisms have without senselessly destroying or injuring them. Mm-hmm. Also realizing that maybe they really don't feel pain. Your brain basically makes some evaluation of the threat and amplifies, it modulates the pain signal. Mm-hmm. So all of this is evidence that when we're talking about insects, a lot of cognition is involved here, right? Complex yes. cognitions that we know insects pretty much don't have, right? Mm-hmm. But it's annoying because, you know, every year they, they, a new study is published on how insects respond to threats and the media goes crazy and they're like, oh, we found evidence of insects feeling pain. And if you look at the actual study, well, the one you mentioned in the beginning mm-hmm. of the show, right? That's also a good example of uh, the fact that they have a cascading response when mm-hmm. it comes to threat level, the way they respond to nociception. But there's also other studies. Like there was one study, I think they did it with fruit flies. And basically they, they severed the legs of a fruit fly. They amputated the legs. Mm-hmm. And they, they discovered that insects, they feel like the equivalent of chronic pain, right? Mm-hmm. And so the media said, well, there, have we found evidence of pain in insects? Um, because it uh, turns out, for example, if you expose fruit flies to very hot temperatures. That oh, are they will like kind of back away from it. Like, with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, will, they will back away from it faster if they had the previous trauma. Mm-hmm. has previous bodily trauma like a severed leg but basically after the injury the injured nerve it dumps kind of all of its cargo in a nerve cord and it kills all the brakes forever so to speak mm-hmm. and the rest of the animal doesn't have brakes on its quote-unquote pain and the quote-unquote pain threshold it changes and they become hyper vigilant but this is like a completely neurological phenomenon Mm-hmm. Like no no research has been done when it comes to the way they experience this. Like this is purely a physical neurological thing. Yes. And and just to 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 look at this kind of evidence and say it's evidence of pain is missing the most crucial, it's missing the most essential component that you mm-hmm. can have. It is still not looking at the experience, the way the animal experiences this. You know? And that happens a lot. Like every year there's a new study, new neurological study, how mm-hmm. insects respond to a certain stimulus. And people will say, spread it on social media. But if you look at the actual study, it's they are never looking at the subjective experience. They're always just looking at the purely physical neurological component. And you mm-hmm. cannot look, you cannot look at behavior alone and just make conclusions about how this creature experiences the world based on only a behavior. You don't know what's going on in its brain. So that's that's what I think. And I'm, I'm with you on that one, 100%. Um, because, I mean, there are creatures like, I guess, fungi and plants that they have responses to danger. chemical responses to danger but i mean they literally have like no brain no organs that could facilitate like even nerve endings so Mm -hmm. are we saying that like plants feel pain too 
or is this simply just a response to harmful stimuli to, you know, make sure that survival happens for proliferation? And I think that's really where it's at. <laughs> yeah, well, but pretty much. And uh, I mean, like without uh, sounding salty, but I think a lot of it is projection. I don't think mm-hmm. like, I don't think in, in the entomological world it's disputed that insects feel pain. Mm-hmm. I think it will be very very rare to meet a scientist that uh, disagrees, at least given mm-hmm. all the empirical evidence that we have right now. And you can also, and this is also a very simple example, but for example, you can see a mammal, right? If it, if it has an injury, its behavior changes. You can see it suffering, mm-hmm. right? Well, sometimes insects with grievous injuries, when they're missing an abdomen, they'll still behave normally, right? Yeah, they're still just crawling around ah, doing their thing. <laughs> exactly. Like there's a butterfly, if you remove its abdomen, it will just go on with its life. It will try to mate, it will try to feed. Maybe it will even survive for about a day before it collapses and dies. But like in its behavior, there's nothing shows Mm-hmm. That um, you know, when it when it comes to suffering, like a mammal, for example, you can see when it's sick or when it has a wound. Yeah, and you can even like in dogs and cats, you can see like they'll have tears in their eyes, and so you can almost tell that like okay, we see this injury. Oh. You know, we see them not acting as their normal selves. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Maybe maybe that kind of evidence is a li- little bit hypocritical because I said you cannot look only at his behavior and make conclusions no. about experience. And maybe but, that's what I'm doing right now. But maybe, I mean, if you want to have a counter argument, like brain scans and stuff of those animals and research as well with larger mammals, like, you know, rats and mice and cats and dogs. Yeah, but you would expect if there is suffering going on. I, I would expect to see a greater change, I guess, in behavior, mm-hmm. or at least affect its behavior in some measurable way, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of interesting studies online, and sometimes they even refer to nociception as pain. Ooh. For some reason. That's uh, not... I, yeah. I don't mean to be pedantic, but like at the same time, like I think there are two different things. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because the people who study uh, these kind of things are more neurologists, and you know they they, they they care less about the distinction than we do. I've had this argument so many times. <laughs> it's very, you know, it's very common. Mm-hmm. I think. And I, I think it's when you look at stuff like uh, the animals that we like the most, like mammals. Mm-hmm. In that case, it may actually be true. I think in the case of mammals, they obviously they do have complex emotional states, I think. Yes, especially large mammal brains that has these capacities for emotions. Like I think of like elephants and how like, you know, their memories and their emotions and how they grieve and... You know, that's very different than observing, you know, an insect in its environment. For example, if you dehead a mantis, it can still complete mating, for example. Or if mm-hmm. you decap- if you, this sounds cruel, but if you decapitate a butterfly, they can still fly, sometimes even pair. Hmm. 
because many many of their movements uh, at least in some way bypass the brain when it when it when it appears to be injured or you know it responds a certain way to uh, being bitten by a predator or crushed mm-hmm. the insect may not even be its brain may not even you know be, be in control of that, that. yeah you know. you know so sometimes there are like fixed fixed action patterns except etc you know so it's pain versus no perception yep is there anything else that you would like to say in these three minutes we have together <laughs> Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, I suppose. Um, and one thing I want to say is I'm absolutely not a neurologist or a scientist. This is a difficult subject. I really did my best here. Uh, I did, did some background reading to prepare myself for the subject. But if I got anything wrong, uh, I apologize. I also don't want to give the impression that I'm role-playing as a scientist here. I think it's important to say that, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm just really a guy on social media that likes to breed moths, but I do think a lot about insects. I do think the subject of consciousness and the way insects experience the world is very interesting. So I did my best to represent it in a, in a scientific way. And I hope that I succeeded in doing that, despite not having a degree, not being that educated in neurology. But internet goes a long way. There's a lot of resources. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I would like to say. Anything that you would like to say? It has been such a great pleasure having you here on the show. Um, I'm a huge fan (laughs) of your YouTube channel and just everything that you do. And continue doing what you do, Bart, because we love it. (laughs) Well, folks... That's it for Season 1, Episode 10 of Lab Rat Ramblings. Tune in next time, where I'll be joined by Dr. Graham Temples again, and we will wrap up our psychedelic series and Season 1 by rambling about the Lerance. In the meantime, don't forget to head on over to our Anchor page to donate to my fundraiser to finish school. Check us out on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Lab Ramblings, all one word.